You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Detroit Uncensored. All things Detroit. Real talk, no holding back, no holds barred. Welcome to Detroit Uncensored. It's your host, BJ Humphrey. Saturday, August 8th, we are here at the Detroit Uncensored Studios here at the Northville Podcast Center. Uh, today I have with me uh, the local marketing shop expert, social media guru, and all-around great guy, John Hart. How are you today? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Pleasure to be here with you. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so how's everything going for you this year? This has been a, a kind of a, a new year. Yeah, you know, um, social media has been interesting this year. It's always interesting. They're always changing the rules. They're always kind of making you adapt. But uh, uh, for people who want to market and advertise and get new customers and new clients and make money, man, social media has just been phenomenal. In fact, the spring and summer has been amazing for my focus uh, clientele. Awesome, awesome. Well, we'll dive into that, a little bit of that. Uh, I just have some housekeeping things here shortly. I do want to point out that we have the Unlock Michigan petition drive going on right now. Um, if you do hear about it, it is a repealment of um, the Executive Order Act of 1945. It's essentially the executive order that Gretchen Wilmot keeps extending. Um, I would encourage anybody that uh, likes smaller government like myself to go ahead and sign that. Uh, we don't need one person pushing executive orders into Paul kind of making them a law. Even though they're not technically law, only the legislative branch can do that. Um, they'll be out. They're all over the town, the state. Um, tomorrow we'll be out in Heartland with them. So that's just a quick housekeeping items. I'll drop more of that on the Detroit Uncensored page. So, John, tell me a little bit about where you're at uh, right now in the social media business. Are you doing more on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn? Facebook and Instagram are uh, the money makers for my clients. So that's okay. where I live. Uh, I do real estate. Uh, loan, uh, mortgage loan, uh, marketing for people. So the the visual of a of a home and the idea of home ownership mm-hmm. is really visually driven. Yeah. So uh, Instagram's fantastic. Facebook is fantastic. You know, Twitter. It, tw- Twitter's not our space. Twitter's not the space that works for us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is funny that I. I, I, I you know. I, I should have known that considering our conversation before that. I said anything we're saying is worth saying is 140 characters. Right, right, right. But, you know, the images draw people in and then you got some great ad copy in there and uh, converts awesome and, and the customers do great. They love it. Awesome, awesome. So uh, so how did you get into that? I, I remember very specifically you you hooked me with some automation one time because <laughs> yeah. I was I was a loan officer too. Yeah, and I so said you I fell into my trap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we sat down, we had coffee, we built a good friendship. Yeah, um, and you know, and so you know, he's, John's a local guy. He's from uh, Milford. You live yep. in Milford right I now. Live in Milford, my um, wife and four kids. Yep. And uh, how long have you lived in the area? Well, I lived in Milford since 2003. We bought a house uh, in the village when uh, it was just my wife and I. But I've lived in the area my whole life, you know, uh, White Lake, Milford, Southfield. I lived in for a while. I lived in for in Detroit for a little bit with my brother too. So um, that was kind of a fun time. Awesome, and it all began at the South Line Bigby. Yeah, for us, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, that was kind that of was having a, a conversation just, just like this. Exactly, exactly. And we we're just two young bucks trying to figure it out and how to. I, I was trying to figure out how to take power away from real estate agents, <laughs> uh, not looking for referrals, and how I could give them referrals. Exactly, exactly. That's the whole dynamic, right? That's that's how we started. Um, you know, I caught you on LinkedIn. Yeah, is, that's is, why I asked is, about LinkedIn. Yeah, so LinkedIn is a great uh, place for me to fish for clients. 
but it's not as great for like a real estate agent or a loan officer to find a home buyer yeah. or a refinance, yeah. right? That's where Facebook and Instagram come in. Um, but for me to find real estate agents and loan officers to market to, LinkedIn is like the B2B space. Yeah. So that's where that came in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I remember you asked me and I was like, yeah, let's sit down. You know, because yeah. I, I, I'm always down to meet people. I think life's about building and maintaining relationships. And uh and you're like, yeah, you got kind of hooked into my automation. I was like, oh, you son of a gun. <laughs> but then, you know, you were so far ahead of me. I remember that because you were showing me split ads and all stuff that I would eventually learn from you and, yeah. and my own research. And you would be like, oh, look at this. You know, this is for a veteran loan program. And yeah. and it really talks to the power of how people react to the stimulus, the visual stimulus that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Yep, yep. A good hook. Yep. We call it a hook, or yeah, you, yeah. you might not call it's it. It's ad hook. copy. It's good ad copy, but the ad copy's yeah. got to have something. It's got to talk to somebody. Yeah. Call to action. It, it hits them. It hits them personally. Because you really, you know, if a thousand people see an ad, you may only get two people to click on it. But those two people, you want those two people to count. Yeah. So you got to have ad copy that speaks to exactly the person you want to deal with. Yeah. So. It's awesome. perfect. It's beautiful. So what what are you doing on Instagram? Because I know I, I'm familiar with your Facebook. Tell me, I, I'm I'm not as active on Instagram. Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably- I'm not at all active on Instagram. Actually, I, I have an Instagram account that I set up because I felt like I had to, mm-hmm. um, but I've done nothing with it because it doesn't serve my purposes. Mm-hmm. But because Facebook bought Instagram, mm-hmm. when you place an ad on Facebook, you can just click a button and that same ad is reformatted to go on Instagram. Oh, perfect. So then you just link it to – like I, I link it to my clients' Facebook pages. If they don't have Instagram, it doesn't matter. It makes a page for them. Um, but it's the images. It's the visual. It's the you know, it's the scroll stopper, right? Everybody's scrolling and yep. then all of a sudden for some reason or another, you're going to stop yep. occasionally, right? Um, so when we get our target customers to stop on the image, stop the scroll – then, you know, we have a good odds. So it's awesome. all about stopping the scroll. Awesome. And so how many clients do you have currently right now? Well, I have a couple different product offerings, so it just depends, right? You know, uh, uh, clients that I have when I do like full service offering where I'm managing their their Facebook page, I'm managing their ads, I'm managing things for them, and they're just paying me to take care of everything yeah. for them. You know, I've only got five clients, mm-hmm. right? But what I did, because I, I, as I was doing this, I came across this um, repeat question. Well, John... I'm on a tight budget and I'd like to do things on my own. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, initially I was sloughing that up because, you know, to teach people how to do what I do takes a lot of time and nobody's willing to pay, you know, the thousands of dollars really it would cost yeah. to have me teach them. Uh, but what I did over time was I realized, well, this is untapped market. There's so many yeah. people that just want to do it on their own and nobody's serving them. If you keep hearing the same question over and over again. That, that, right? Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Light yeah. bulb goes off. Hits me all the time. Uh, so I just created a whole course to show – like I basically recorded myself doing everything that I do for people. Yeah. And I made those recordings available in a course. Yeah. And and I have a Facebook group that people can join and I kind of give them support and guidance. But I'm hands off. Yeah. So they pay me monthly for access. Yeah. To that and a little bit extra for some support. Yeah. So I provide support. So in that case, I've got over 300 clients. Okay. And right. And they and they pay monthly for um, just access to my support and videos to teach them how to do it. And then as Facebook, Instagram invariably change the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Always and changing. Too. All, right? Always change the algorithm. Always change. Once you figure it out, it always changes. Then you have to refigure it out. That's why it's important to have somebody that you got to know. That's plugged in. And, and kind right? of predict those too. And can stay calm in the midst of it. Because like a couple of years ago, Facebook decided, all right, remember how Facebook pages used to just have like 
enormous reach. If you had a Facebook page and you got a bunch of people to like your page, yeah. you would put a post out and let's say you had 100,000 people that would like it. Instantly, Facebook would show it to 50,000 of those people, yeah. right? So you have this beautiful reach. So famous people like brands and everything was u- using Facebook pages. Yeah. Then Facebook said, you know what? We don't like how this user experience is. They took that reach and they put it to near zero yep. and said, if you want that reach, you got to pay for it. Yep. Obviously, they want to monetize it. So people flipped out. What am yep. I going to do? What am, um, if you can keep your calm during that, what happens is a bunch of people disappear because yeah. they can't take the pressure of it and they go try to find new ways to do it. But if you keep your calm and you have a strategy, um, you find that because everybody else disappears, you can grab more market share. All right. You can grab more eyeballs if you're smart about it. So that's what I provide for my clients is yep. I just – I see through the storm. I keep them calm. I keep customers coming in for them. I keep new, you know, new leads coming in for them all the time. So awesome. it's valuable. Yeah. So to all my loan officers and real estate agent friends, which <laughs> I, I have tons of them out there, yeah. make sure you check out the local marketing shop, John Hart. Uh, we're going to kind of transition now into something that, uh, which is invariable, the current events mm-hmm. and, and how social media impact. Because you're, you're on social media all day. I'm on social media a lot. Uh, not all day, but mostly all night because I have a unique sleeping pattern. <laughs> I, I don't sleep at night and I sleep after work when I get home during like the, the Weird. Forget about it. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't keep up with it. <laughs> so, uh, so I, you have to obviously you're in tune with a lot of the current events, and and you probably see how the, those stimuluses affect how we communicate with one each other. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about uh, you know, and I've noticed I noticed personally there was a rapid change over the last three to five years, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of the breakdown of social communications. Uh, people are, are are kind of looking at issues nowadays as if they are black and white. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or not black and white, but there's one side, another side, and no one's giving anywhere. Uh, well, I can summarize it for you. We're getting dumber. Yeah. <laughs> That's just really kind of the bottom Amen. line is, right? Yeah. Um, no one's that, no one's got to think. We communicate in memes. Yeah. Um, short thoughts. Uh, and it, honestly, it, it started – funny thing, it started with a printing press. I'm not going to get into the whole story, but it started with really kind of the marketing idea of like you have just a little bit of time with somebody's attention. And you've got to make the most of that time, okay. right? Yeah, so, of course. like the printing press, when people started mass producing like pamphlets and newspapers, there were some like outrageous claims that would get put in there, and they would catch somebody's attention, yeah. and then they would respond, right? Direct response marketing, um, and then you get news media, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you'll be watching, and they'll say, "Bomb explodes in Beirut," and then you'll see this fantastic video. Right of this huge mushroom cloud and the the, the yeah. bomb the bomb blast, and then to say. And then they'll switch. Like 10 seconds later, they switch about a story about a cat yeah. <laughs> in, in, you know, that was swatting at people that came to adopt it. And then once it was adopted, it's happy now. Right. And then it's like constant, like switch back, switch back. So then pe- people's attention spans are, are like this. Yeah. So that's how communication has gone. And instead of, I don't know, there was a, a debate back uh, in the day with Lincoln and Douglas, um, but presidential debate yeah. that would last like five and six hours and people would be engrossed, but they were developing ideas over time. And we've just lost touch with that. You yeah. know, people don't think deeply, um, especially not in communication on social media. You can't. You lose people. Their eyes glaze over and it's over. Oh, absolutely. And and I even meet someone who is, is extremely political. Um, you know, there's no doubt this is a, a partisan show, and mm-hmm. we're going to dive into politics in a little bit, and and, and how those current events shape, and, and again, talk about debates. Um, but it seems like the the players of B are regulating what's said and done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's your thoughts on that? I know, I know, you got to have some feelings on that. Yeah, you know. So there's this debate, right? Um, so I, I got into this. Uh, so I have a good friend that we grew up together. We we're best friends growing up. 
and we dis- we disagree greatly, and and it kind of came by surprise. We kind of lost touch with each other, and then years later, we kind of started reconnecting. Shortly after he got remarried, and um, you know, there was some stuff happening on Facebook with recently with the whole like um, there was a Michiganders against excessive quarantining Facebook group. I don't know if you remember that thing kind of coming up. Yeah, I, I definitely saw that. Okay, and, so, and there's multiple like it. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and people that I associate with are heavily against the mask wearing. Right, right, and and just the the excessive quarantine, right? Like, okay, so Detroit's a hot spot, but then you've got like like rural places in northern yeah. Michigan, and there's like zero cases or low cases, yep. low death. Like, it's under control. It's not a problem. Why are they locked down the same as Detroit? So that was this whole like the it, thing. It's the blanket. It's a blanket. Well, they started organizing and they were doing protests in the city, like the gridlock and and the stuff, the protests. I, I, I'm, again, Next thing you know, boom, Facebook <laughs> yanks them, right? So, you know, I, I, I just made a public comment about it. Um, a friend of mine posted about it and I commented on their post of like, you know, it's really kind of scary to see how a reasonable, like there are people in that group, like, Okay, there were like 300,000 people yeah. as part of that group. When yeah. you have 300,000 people of a group, are there going to be idiots in there saying stupid stuff? Yeah. Yes, they're yeah. going to be idiots. In, but do they represent the idea? No. You know, they're, they're just the idiot mouthing off on social media. There are millions of those, right? Yeah. I've been that guy from yeah. time to time. I've been that guy too. Okay. So <laughs> the idiots on social media, all of us included. But the idea of the group was completely reasonable. Yeah. Right. Um, so to contrast that, right? So immediately when that got taken down, I was like, well, you know, there are other groups that do have people in the comment sections saying outrageous things. So I just went to the Black Lives Matter page. (laughs) All right. Just to see. Right. And I think everybody agrees with the proposition Black Lives Matter. I mean, that's like an unassailable point. Right. Um, I go with I go with all Black Lives Matter. Yeah. If someone asks me that, I say yes. And then they say do all lives matter. I say yes. If they say police lives matter, I say yes. Yes. All lives. All lives matter is still a fair proposition. But I get the idea. I don't need to. I don't need to throw the balance. The problem out. comes with the the, the movement yeah. by the name of Black Lives Matter, and I hope that people understand there's a distinction. I think every unless yes. you're really a racist and you really don't like the idea of Black Lives Mattering, well then you're disgusting and you don't really fit in our culture. Yeah. I don't forget in this country. You we've know? had those folks boxed in for so long where they're not part of our conversation. Yeah, and, and it's unfortunate the media has given them a platform and yeah. you know, I can assure you this show will never give them a platform, yeah, the, the, um, but we will discuss, people. we will discuss controversial issues like we're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the thing about black lives matter, the movement is they take some stances that are completely ridiculous. Like they want, they don't, they think the Western idea of the nuclear family isn't, shouldn't be sustained that we should now have like um, community Family. Well, we're talking about the neo-Marxist movement. That and yeah, so so that's the idea. So I'm like, all right. So if this Michiganders against excessive quarantining has some people in it that are behaving badly enough that they should be yanked, well, let's go take a look and see what's in Black Lives Matters page and their group and the post and the comments in the post. Yeah. Because my friend was saying about how you know you know Facebook has the right. On their platform and they to do. determine they do what is as for now for now. community standards yeah. what you know so I'm like okay well let's see you know what standards are they adhering to I promise you you don't have to dig deep yeah you, you don't have to dig deep at all immediately you'll find people advocating for killing cops immediately murder yeah. is being advocated for publicly publicly calling for the murder of cops now when you have it's a disgusting. giant group with hundreds of thousands of people in it or tens of thousands of people. 
you're going to have idiots yeah. mouthing off on the internet on yep. social media, right? So, all right, so what do we do? Well, if they say that that's okay, I think it's just fair to say that there's a group, Michiganders Against Excessive Quarantining, that it's okay because there's some people going to mouth off in there, yeah. say stupid it, stuff. Human but nature. The, but if you look at the actual leadership of the people who like put that page together and the things that they were saying, the things they said they stood for was eminently reasonable. Yeah. And not in any way calling for anything that was illegal or unethical or not good. They were calling for restricting government, giving liberty to the people, yep. like like maintaining the rights that we have yep. and not having them uh, pulled back or restricted. Yeah. So, you know, when I saw stuff like that, you know, it's just kind of disgusting because, you know, they make – all right. I filter money to Facebook. Yeah. So there's a little bit of this like uh, – you know, what do they call it when you have like uh, – uh, <laughs> You have some skin in the game. <laughs> and, 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 and I feel a little bit like, all right, well, I'm, I'm participating in that, their yeah. business, right? You're just not using you're – not, you're not like someone like me. Who, I mean I, I do – I have time to put money in the game and, I, and, yeah. I, and I'm going to and, I, and there's times I won't. But you are actively involved in it. Yeah. I, I, they, because of what I do, Facebook has made – you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars at least, yeah. may, maybe much more. You know, some of my clients, I, I know that they've grown very large and done very well. Um, but I don't, I, I don't spend their money for them. They spend their money on their own because yeah. of how I teach them. Um, but you know, it is a little bit of a conflict. You know, I feel this internal conflict like, wow, this platform who will restrict speech and, and these days, like, where is speech happening? Social media. Social media, it, it, right? It's, so they're so powerful and they hold the platform that everybody has to, to speak their mind. And they're now not no longer just um, a platform. They are editorially, editorially deciding what is good speech and what is bad speech, right? Yeah. And, well, I'm, <laughs> and honestly, at some point here when we get to this idea of what is good and what is bad – I had that's where I wanted to talk with you some at some point in this hour. Yeah, oh, uh, get into that because let's that's bust it where out. let's bust it out. All right, yeah. So tell me your thoughts. I I know I I know you're a guy that that that, that is, is always you, you is, with marketing myself. I always say you know you react to a stimulus. I can tell you personally that I'm for free speech everywhere. What bothers me the most, and it, it isn't something that that gets me so heated, but it's like I'm the type of person to try to figure a way around it. Mm-hmm. It's just the hypocrisy. It's like yeah. I, I know some of the people that were involved in Operation Gridlock and also the 2A movement. And by the way, I got my 2A hat coming. It's awesome. <laughs> I got a sweet 2A hat coming. These are good folks. These are God-fearing, amazing people that, ex- that, that, that I've had a chance to meet over the last year that have accepted me and some of my socially liberal v- views, just socially. I'm, a, I'm extremely conservative still. And uh, they're some of the best people I've ever met. And to watch them get the media just – what they said oh. about them, like people stormed the the, the Capitol building. Yeah. Do, you, do you know that m- m- many of the people with the guns, which were le- legally allowed to have and yep. were allowed in the Capitol, knew the cops on a first-name basis up there? Yeah, but they got a good picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the guy shouting. Now, do you know, right? the do you know what he was shouting? <laughs> I saw a clip that I, I forgot what he said. I know you're going to tell me, but I remember seeing him saying, wow, I can't believe they caught that one split second in time and portrayed it the way that they did because what was really happening was something else. What was it? I, well, I, I'm not, I'm not going to speak to that exact moment, 
All right, but I, I, there's people that I associate with, and then I've seen, I got, I got cell phone pictures of people speaking with the police officers, and the police officer, yes, ma'am, how you doing? Oh, thank you so much. This is great. You know, like, can I ask you a question? Why we're not allowed to go in the chambers and observe the vote? And this was with respect to the Republicans challenging uh, Richard Whitmer's executive authority power, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then also. Uh, uh, taken, she would have to uh, fight the case in court, I believe, with her own personal funds. But obviously, she would never pay with her own personal funds. But someone would donate or whatever. But um, I have, I have probably about forty-five seconds video clips of them singing the national anthem. Yeah. People just shouting the national anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but this is the game. This yeah, is it, the game. It bothers um, me. It, it bothers me in the same right when I see people on the on. We'll say the left, right? You know, I. I when they get hammered too unfairly, though, yeah, I, I try to be even with that because how can I how can I defend one person and not another person on the same principle value? Well, see, that is where I honestly think conservatism actually wins. Yeah, not necessarily Republicans, but conservatism wins is when you know you see people being fair and even handed, and that's what that's that it undermines. When I see somebody who is conservative, claims conservatism, or is actually conservative. Um, and I'm guilty of this. And I think we all are guilty of this at some time. Yeah, I've, I've done it. You know, I, I, I think I know what you're going to say. Absolutely. Like, like attacking somebody in a way that you wouldn't want to be attacked, right? Like ad hominem or red herring or straw man attacks or on even their going, ideas or principles or their person. Yeah. Then, you know, that that has no place. That basically, what that does is it's, it's getting down in the mud with people, yeah. and no one wins. Yeah, I've always I've, I've I've always tried to, and again, I'm guilty of it because there's certain things I'm very pa- passionate about. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I, I I don't really go too low, but I remember one time I was having a, a I, I'll go into I'll go into liberal spaces and 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 speak. You know, I'll use logic, mm-hmm. well thought out arguments. I'll never go low. I'll just ignore it. And then one time I just remember going, wow, go low. I go, my buddy was in there. Um, he'll be on the show next week. He's running for a Livingston County clerk. And I was like, Jordan, because me and him go at it a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Jordan, do I ever go low? And he goes, no, the one thing you never do is go low. And yeah. he never goes low either. And that's why we, we have these engaging conversations which yeah. we'll have next week. Yeah. And I was like, I'm done with this. You know what I mean? Like, Because it, it was just something so – I, I wouldn't even repeat it. Although I would repeat it off the air. <laughs> you know, I probably use this language in my daily life with my friends, my right, right, close right. friends. But I was yeah. just like, man, like they, we were having a good go at it. And then pew, 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 the missile started coming in. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't in a very friendly room. Like, let's say, you know, mm-hmm, conversation mm-hmm. room. I already yeah. knew I was walking into the, the lion's den and I was expecting it. But it just uh, – we were, we were getting on in a, such a good way. You know, having a good conversation. And it was almost like a real-world conversation with two people would have. And yeah. then – I was just like I was just so turned off by it. Yeah, and it's trouble. So social media is the platform where we communicate, but it's also where the dumbest communication happens. And yeah. we, the thing I, I I notice about conservatives that I appreciate, and it does happen also. Like there are good conservatives, there are bad conservatives, there are good liberals, there are bad liberals, right? Like good and bad people exist in all spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there are doctors that are heroes, there are doctors that are schmucks, right? That are prescribing, over prescribing Vicodin yeah. and pe- then getting getting kickbacks for them getting sold, right? Yeah. Like there are there are good and bad people all in every walk of life. But the thing that I appreciate that I see, I feel like is consistent with conservatism is like sticking to the idea and not getting like you were saying the logic versus yeah. emotion earlier. Um, sticking to the idea and like arguing the points of the idea and the merit of the idea. The problem is 
it's not emotionally satisfying and it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time and development to get to like the good ideas. Yeah. Um, and you know, we just don't get a, we don't appeal on social media yeah. because of that. There's like, there's very few. So that when you have people that are spokes that are very effective spokespeople for conservatism on social media, like Charlie Kirk, yeah. and, you know, like I see him put some stuff out there and it's short and it's concise and it's true and it's good. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, um, that's, it's a talent. It's tough to do in these days. And he takes a lot of heat. Oh yeah. But he, he you know, th- there are some tremendous people. There are some tremendous people in life that. They're just so sharp, so mentally yeah. sharp, so good at what they're doing. Yeah. They're so fast on their feet. I'm just glad there's some really good people out there that do that well. Yeah, they give a voice to the voiceless. Yeah. Um, I, I know some people have done that recently. And yeah. uh, I have a buddy like that, actually. He's an attorney. Um, he has. He's so charismatic. He's funny. And he is so quick-witted and smart. I, I'm, like, I'm like, man. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't know if it's okay. But um, I'm like, man, I wish I could be more like him in so many different a- aspects of life. Yeah. And uh just like how is it possible? Like I'll tell I'll tell you a story and I'm gonna keep names on everything. Uh he this is how smart he is and he's such a good proponent of of, of conservative values, but he doesn't he doesn't use it as a platform because he's in a position of public office too. Mm-hmm. Um but long story short is uh one of his clients, there was something going on, they said, Okay, we'll give him the money, we'll just settle. And he knew in his gut that these guys were being shice boxes. You know, yeah, they're being yeah, shysters. Yeah. So he got the opportunity to speak with this person on the phone and the, the other attorney let the client speak. He's like, listen, I know, I know you're, you're frauding. And just for that, I'm coming after you. After he already was told to just get the money. Long story short, I think it was, I, let's just say $100,000. They only give 10000 because he made such a compelling argument. He didn't, he didn't come at him. And he never comes at you in a weird way. But he came at him with a logical-based argument like, I know what's going on. I'm not going to let you get away with this, even, but because he, he never said that my clients gave the okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. and he did his he, he did his clients well, and he did the right thing. Wow, yeah. And so Charlie Kirk, um, Ben Shapiro is another one, although I'm not the biggest fan of him. He talks too fast. Yeah, you know. All right, so Ben's one of those ones. Um, he's very cerebral. Yeah. Um, and you have to you have to understand the worldview he's coming from. Yeah. To understand the logic he's using, you know, he wrote a book that talked about, you know, where kind of the cradle of our Western civilization is in Athens and Judea, right? The idea that, you know, the um, the, the the moral code that comes from Jewish law and Jewish thinking and the Judeo-Christian values yeah. you hear, right? But then also like the, the thinking of like um, rights and uh, um, morality and – and government structure that came out of Athens and how those two kind of melded and, and so forth. So when you understand where he's coming from um, and you kind of understand the arguments that undergird where he comes from, then he's really entertaining to listen to because he's so smart. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and he's quick. Um, he's, but he's one of those ones, too, that he's so good with arguments that it, 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 it's not always um, – I don't think he wins a lot of people over. Yeah. Because he's basically he smashes people so there with go. ideas. So I'm talking about he's logic. He's so yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's logical. Yeah, we'll get into the logic versus emotion. It appeals that. to me, but it's you know it's not <laughs> broadly. I don't think broadly appealing. Yeah, no. I think he plays to an audience. He's so really well. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if he wins people over that well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I get his arguments and, and they're they're winning. But I, I, again, just like you're saying, um, I think he's so smart, but a little bit socially awkward. 
Oh yeah. Well, I, I think it's I. You know, he talks about how when yeah. he was in high school, he was bullied yeah. because he was a total nerd. Yeah. Right. Because he was like a bookworm. Yeah. And he was so interested. But see, he went he, to college like sixteen. Yeah. So. so he's super smart, and he started publishing uh, super young as yeah. well. Um, you know, he's like one of those wunderkind. You know, like the young like wonder kids. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but he's brilliant, and he's good to listen to. And what he does well is he he. For the people who want to spend the time to really like think about what the whole argument yeah. of of conservatism, libertarianism, he's kind of he kind of leads a little more libertarian than con- conservative, you know. I think um, generally, but uh, he really articulates it well. But he, it's a little bit of a higher level. It's a, you, you know you have to you if you're well read, you would really appreciate a lot of his arguments. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I, I'm I'm a big I'm big. In, I mean, I read one. Uh, well, I used to read one uh, one physical book a week and then listen to two audiobooks. Oh yeah, that's good. Um, and now I'm just feed the, your mind. Yeah, now I'm into podcasts, and so I literally I literally fall asleep listening to podcasts. I have them on shuffle, and I like I'm like I'm programming my mind. But, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you're, like you're going to learn by osmosis, you know. Like sleeping with a book on your head is going to like help it all sink in. <laughs> but no, I mean because it's something you could you can always do. I mean I can I can literally be at work listening to one. Oh yeah, and and so like. People are getting into fiction fiction books. I'm like, I can't do that because I no. I view that as an opportunity to not be continuously learning. Yeah, I feel I honestly feel I do like to l- listen to some fiction and read some fiction because it's entertaining. But I do much less of that than I do maybe history, uh, philosophy, religion. Yeah. Like I want to hear about these great ideas that formed the societies we live in. I want to understand why um, America as a country. The United States of America, why we've done so well in comparison to so many other ways that countries have been structured, right? Yeah. Why have so many people risen out of poverty? Why have so many people gained such success? Why is our country worldwide viewed so much as like a, a, a bastion of liberty and freedom and uh, ability to kind of make your dreams come true, right? Yeah. Uh, how, how did that happen? And I love learning about the the undergirding principles to that. You ever seen uh, I, I, this? Is how my brain works and fires. Go thoughts. go for it. it. This is this will be totally out of left field. But have you ever seen the Men Who Built America? The show? No. It's a four part series. It goes back to uh, I, I'm not. I, mean, I know I'm going to get the order wrong, but it starts off with Cornelius Vanderbilt. It will go through Rockefeller, Carnegie, um, all the way to Henry Ford, okay. Edison, okay, and it will talk about. The, uh, literally how they built their fortunes mm-hmm. and how when there was, you know, the good old days. I mean, it wasn't the good old days because people were treated treated bad, but, uh, you know, workers' movements and things like I that. I got it. I, I understand. Okay. So, um, but by the way, every they're, country they're, in history. They're muscling each other out, fighting yeah. it. Even even uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump's, you know, he's uh, one yeah. of the, the commentators on this. This is before he decided to run for president. Everybody hated him. Right. Um, everybody Don- loved him before yeah. they hated him. Yeah. Right. And then Donnie Deutsch is on there. And it really it, – it, they have actors that, that kind of role play it. And, it being, you know, it, it's really – talks about the Standard Oil Company, how uh, Rockefeller was so stuck in his views and how he's always maximizing a profit. And really how these capitalistic people that really built the infrastructure of our country mm-hmm. – Muscling for each other out, they had huge egos, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're just pushing each other out. It's a phenomenal series. Yeah. I'd recommend that for anybody. Um, it's a four-part series, and I think each one is about ninety minutes long. It's great. I, I, that's the stuff I watch. Honestly, that, it's, the, it's the beauty of America. Honestly, it's the beauty of of liberty, um, the freedom to fail, 
And, yeah. you know, there are so many stories of failure in those guys' lives. Yeah. Um, and anybody you ever meet and uh, across everything that they do, whether it's professional life, personal life, people who are successful, if you really get to know them, if you know somebody and you don't know about failures in your life, then you don't really know them because everybody fails. Yeah. Everybody blows it. And to have the freedom to totally blow it, but to try great things – I mean, there's something in that that stirs my soul. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's honestly when I've kind of gotten to the root of everything. Um, in, in the United States, there was a lack of safety, a lack of security. Um, there was like you, you either did it or you died early on. Yeah. Right? You either made it happen or you failed spectacularly. Yeah. Um, and I – when you're, I mean, you know this, and and anybody who's had their back against the wall at some point in their life, with some arena in their life, when your back is against the wall, and it's basically you got to figure it out or you die. Who us us? I mean, <laughs> since since pretty much after college, you're, you're essentially uh, zero base salary, a hundred percent commission, ten ninety nine. Right, right, taxes. those kind of things, right? Like you <laughs> and me, I've got four kids, right? Yeah. and I'm an entrepreneur. I, I I don't I don't have a job. Yeah, I make money by going and finding ways to get it. Yeah. And so when you when you live a life like that, and you, you it really gets you in touch with the people who started this country, and yeah. The, like the people who pioneered, and like has a, you have to figure out how, how how the game works. You gotta figure it out because if you don't, literally, what's at stake? You know, I could have my house taken, I could have my cars taken, uh, my kids would go hungry, my wife would leave me. Like all these terrible things could happen. Yeah. Or I figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's the spirit in America that I love. That is honestly the spirit in America. And it, it comes down to, you know, this idea, and this is the thing. This is a big thing culturally right now is personal responsibility, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, everybody wants to be part of a movement. Yeah. And they want to fix something, right? And they want to be part of what fixes something. But the something that they want to fix is outside of them. Yeah. Right? So really they're talking about they want to fix other people. That's what it boils down to. How well does that go for anybody, you know? How well can you fix another person outside of yourself? In other words, how uh, is pushing blame on everybody else and not accepting self-responsibility work for, for uh, anything? 333 million people, if they all did it, uh, you it know, wouldn't work. Listen, <laughs> the, the only time, like, and we all fall into victim mentality. You know, there's some times where things don't shake out our way. Everybody has had these periods of life where you know, something you didn't have responsibility for had an impact on you externally, and you're screwed. Excuse my language. I don't know how that goes on this, but you're <laughs> no, in a bad spot and it's not your fault, but here you are. Now you got to respond. You can either like grumble yeah, and then kind of fall down that pit of despair and victimhood and like blame other people for things or say, what can I do differently? What can I do better? And honestly, that like there's a magic in that switch and you face it. Every day you can face it dozens of times a day and then over life you, you have some big moments where you face this. But when you face that down and you realize like I'm the only one that can be responsible yeah. for me and change me. That, um, everybody, figured, Frankel, everybody will figure that out differently too at Vi- different times in their life. Victor Frankl who survived the Holocaust, right? Yeah. And uh, he, he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Um, I, in it, he comes to the conclusion and he kind of says, you know, they could tell us when to eat when we couldn't eat, when we could go to the bathroom, when we couldn't go to the bathroom. Ultimately, we were told when we would live and when we would die. We had no choice in all of these things. We had one choice remaining. How would we respond? 
And he said, and he saw in the concentration camp, people respond differently. And the people who thrived and lived even in a concentration camp are the people who, no matter what, their choice of response was to respond with positivity, with looking at transcendent beauty. Like they would go outside and look at sunsets. Yeah. Just to see the sunset would remind them there's hope because there's something greater, right? Um, so how we personal responsibility um, is is honestly if if the country were to um, if people were to all stop and say instead of like wanting the world to be like banning straws, just don't throw your straw in the ocean. If every single person like committed to that, we could have straws. Yeah, everywhere plastic straws would not be a problem. It's in the pro- plastic straws is the problem. The problem is we're we're like being the careless. The problem, man. <laughs> like you know, like this is the same argument. You know, Second Amendment yeah, argument. You yeah. know, people like the, the Lori Lightfoot in Chicago saying there's too many illegal guns on the street and that's why the violence is so bad. And it's like, well, you want to know what? Somebody in Evanston, which is a northern suburb, that's pretty nice, yeah. right? They have the same ability to walk into a gun store and buy a gun as somebody on the south side, even though you know gun guns are highly uh, uh, restricted inside um, Chicago and Illinois. But Isn't but then we weird? don't have a gun problem. We, we you know they have the same access to guns or more access to guns in some cases. And there's no you know so it's a culture, it's a personal problem. Like why is that person choosing to take that gun and shoot somebody with it? That's personal accountability. That's not the gun. <laughs> it never is. Right. I mean, it, that's an issue that I don't ever budge on. So how do we – here's the thing though. We were talking about logic versus emotion. Yeah. Right? So here's a very logical argument, right? And we can see it play out in people's lives like these these great men who did great things uh, early on in, in, in the industrial era, right? Like Henry Ford, for example, right? Who in was bad, was bad in some moral ways. Yeah. But like great in some ways of things that he did for the country, um, and that he that he did. Um, wh- you know, I lost my train of thought there. It's all so, good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I got because I started thinking about like, but oh, when we go when we go down logical paths, sometimes we skip a beat. We're old men now. But but how do we take the stories of that that are like these great things that happened and these logical conclusions that we see that happens from personal accountability, and how do we relate it in a way where people are like, man, that's cool. And I want to live that way versus how emotionally appealing it is to say, these people out here are hosing me and the government needs to make them pay. And then when the government makes them pay, I need to be the recipient of that payment so that my life is better because they're the ones that hosed me. Right. In any particular. So I'm in many arenas. I just want to make sure we're not we're not insinuating anything here. Yeah. No, no, no. We're talking about a multitude uh, of issues. Any any, like this is the that is the. um. That is the culture that we're living in right now is this victim, like this hierarchy of victims. Yeah. I mean, you may have heard of critical race theory, right? Uh, I, uh, it's a worldview. Basically, sure it's like gonna... these layers of oppression. Right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. The most oppressive person is a straight, white, um, cisgendered male, right? You're at the, the peak of oppressor. And then it kind of works its way down until like you would be like um, a black female trans. Right. And then yeah, you're the oh, most yeah, oppressed. Yeah, I, right? this so there's like all the layers. Well, it's not just an argument. It's actually a theory. It's in yeah. academia. Uh, right. And uh, um, the, the 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 idea is that this informs like how the world works. So it's based on levels of victimhood. Instead of, of levels of 
maybe someone's cognitive ability versus uh, social skills versus uh, education level versus maybe where they grow in a socioeconomic system and without the theory of moving up independently in them because there's hierarchies and everything every you can right. you can but this is this is the ways. current this is I get that. I get everything that. that like uh is getting pushed from the probably the farthest left yeah um culturally that's it's very appealing because it's very uh, uh it's it's oriented towards justice for the oppressed groups right and who do, i mean if you've got a heart and you've got empathy yeah and you see somebody who's gotten a non-fair shake in life they're just hosed, right? And in the U.S., we look at it within the U.S. But, I mean, if you look worldwide, I mean, there are people born into poverty and die before they even, like, have their first meal, right? Yeah. Like, that is, like, the highest level of, you know, you think about in, in India, they have the class system. Well, there's the untouchables. Like, literally, they're considered dirt. All the way you down to the deletes. Right, right. <laughs> so, like, you, if you have a heart and you see that, like, your heart goes out to that. So, good-natured people, like, hear this theory, this critical um, race theory and this critical theory of, of these levels of oppression. And you think, well, what can we do for these people who are oppressed? Right. Yeah. Um, the problem is it's just all built. It's just like, it's like a, it's just a house of cards that was built by somebody yeah. and invented out of whole cloth and doesn't really exist. There are oppressed people, but there are people who are self-oppressed that aren't oppressed that think because they fit into this critical theory in a way, then it shapes the way that they see the world. And they think that they're a victim when really they have opportunity galore ahead of them yeah especially in this country especially in this country. which is why i said and then you s- personal accountability yeah. you know not everybody's going to go from rags to riches no can't right happen. um it, not, it's just it, you know there will be people who go from rags to rags but there will be people who go from riches to rags yeah you know but then you have stories like a ben carson yeah. right a guy who grew up in the projects of detroit to a single mother but some i mean god created him special right i mean we all have different gifts but one of his gifts was a great mind mm-hmm just an outstanding mind. So he was able to just eat up education and became a neurosurgeon, right? A world-renowned neurosurgeon, like separating conjoined babies that are conjoined at the head and have like brain tissue overlap, right? Like, come on, right? Like he's (laughs) doing that, right? So, but he was able to rise from a pretty low spot up. Yeah. You know, he was able to do that in the United States because in the United States, the system is set up to allow for that. Yeah. Some people don't get as good of a, a situation, though. Yeah, well, it, it, I, I use the analogy. Um, there's, there's two, two, two things I'll say here. One, one, you could play the game of poker. Poker is not about the cards you're dealt; it's what you get with those cards. People can get a totally crappy hand. Give me and a win seven-two split. I'll, I'll bluff you out of a big pot, maybe. You know, yeah, yeah. You know I, what I mean? You've seen it happen. If you ever watch the World Series of Poker, yeah. you see there's a guy, and they're just they're just playing a crappy hand. But they're the, but the way the cards fell, everybody else was like, he could probably beat me. Yeah, I'm gonna fold. <laughs> yeah, and then there's also some people uh, like me when I used to play cards. I don't gamble anymore. So I mean, I throw bets, you know, for for fun, you know, gentlemen's yeah, bets. I suck at gambling. I lose money every time, so I just stay away from it. <laughs> well, I had a client one time that was a. Uh, um, Oh God, I can't think of it. She was a statistician. She was a doctorate in stats. I, I I can't think of the name. Oh my God, the name's killing me. But, but so she's a statistician. Yeah. So she's uh she was a blonde haired. Uh, she kind of played. She was really really intelligent here. Yeah yeah yeah. This yeah. this square root four inches of real estate was. Boom. She skipped spreadsheets. She intentionally dressed a certain way. Yeah. She, uh, you know, wasn't she wasn't uh, someone that was going to be promiscuous. But she would play out the role. Yeah, yeah. And she could see the cards, boom, boom. 
she showed me her statue one time. She made like $170,000 in a year just going to the poker room and yeah. only playing the best hands the right way every time. No bluffing. Yeah, you have a system. Yeah. If you have a system, you understand how the game works. You know, you know, and you the can count on people being stupid. And especially <laughs> and like her, like she played a role, yeah. right? You know, you, people have Increases, like a. She, she called it increasing her probability. When she had, when she had a bad hand, <laughs> she was like, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> And then, and you know, and she, and she wasn't much of a salesperson, but she knew what she was doing and yeah. she always increased her probability. And I mean, so I started playing like that and I never played with big money. You know what I mean? But I'd go to the poker room and, you know, when you catch one, I'd be like, okay, I got these cards. How much can I get out of it? And that's really what she taught me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I apply that to life. And then when you fail, Jocko Willink, I read his book. I have oh, all, yeah. I have extreme, all of, extreme ownership. I have all his books. I mean, I think when we first met, I was reading his first book before anybody really knew who he was. I was put on by a bunch of mortgage, marketing mortgage guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I actually read his Makes book. Sense. And then um, – so he has a video, good, good. If you fail good, you have an opportunity to find a solution. No more here in this country. I posted something on my personal Facebook page. It's like I've never learned more than anything from, than from failure. Yeah. I'm a kinetic learner. Um, you know, I use the audio and visual to get an idea and then I go out and apply it. Do it. it. And, uh, you know, I'm and not then gonna, it, you te- it teaches you. Yeah. And so Your success I, and failure can teach you. I have to go kinetic to learn. Yeah. I mean, to, to fully grasp a concept because when I, when I go kinetic after listening to the audio and visual, then the aha moment happens. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So I need all three, but really I can figure things out by just doing them. So I've tried so many different things. Uh, ultimately it figures out what engages me the most for my success. Right, because I have a, I have a certain skill set that works anywhere if I apply myself. Mm-hmm. But I want to apply myself. I found that I personally want to apply myself to things that aren't engaging. Yeah, right. And right. that's how I found myself back in the political realm. Yeah. After uh, so many years off of it, because I'm engaged again. Yeah. Um, so I have my career, and then we're going to use this show to to give a voice to the voiceless and the conservative movement all around Michigan. So, well, so here's the thing. So you have one party. So saying, I'm back. You have one party saying. Or one idea set because, you know, I mean, it, the idea is with the conservative movement, what you're seeing is, hey, guys, you have the ability and the freedom to go for it. Take some personal responsibility. Apply yourself. Stay consistent, persistent. Work your tail off. Don't burn bridges. And <laughs> the best – do the best you can do and see where the cards fall, you know, and this is the American way. Yeah. And then you have another one saying, hey, there's injustice, which I think – rings emotionally true with a lot of people like mm-hmm. yeah we hate to well, everybody hates injustice right and the way to make injustice right is to see see all these victims here we need to fix the system so that these victims can get a hand up and so then the people who are listening are like oh yeah man i've been hosed yeah and then are they going to like look inward to see what they could do differently or are they going to look outward for like somebody to, like do something yeah and become part of a movement so there's an emotional satisfaction to it but it leaves people kind of like high and dry a lot. You know, there's a lot of people who've wanted government to come save them, but then government doesn't ever come. No. It, right? Well, they were used yeah. for a movement and to get people elected and for power centers. But that's that, that's the big argument. Like when you see like all these cities that are on fire right now and all these injustices that are happening, when you go look at these cities, what do you have? You've got democratic leadership at every level. And not only that, you know, there was a big push like, oh, you know. It's all white men leading everything. Well, if you look at Chicago, you have a female, lesbian, black mayor. Mm-hmm. You have a black AG. You've got um, a black chief of police. Like at every level of government, 
and they're the ones responsible yeah. for what's going on, and they're still blaming others, yeah. other things. It's the gun, not the person using it. It's the uh, it's the oppressors, not the oppressed, right? But it's really what they're selling disables people. They're selling like it's other things, it's other people, it's not your fault. Don't worry. We'll fix these other people. They're the ones that screwed everything up. It's just, it's, it's, it's been going on for so long. Yeah. You don't even realize you've been a victim, but you are. And it's like, wait a second. You're a black lesbian mayor of one of the biggest cities in the United States and the world. Like, where did this disadvantage mayor. you? <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, you're telling people something that you live differently than. Yeah. You believe that you could do it and you achieved it. That is the American yeah. dream. I am so glad you're there for all those reasons. I'm not glad you're there because you're selling crap to people yeah. because you don't believe it. Because look how you live. You live differently. Logic versus emotion. And versus so, emotion. so this is the frustrating thing to see. You know, is is as as this stuff's playing out, you see people kind of blaming all these things, and then you look, and it's like these powerful people. All overcame supposedly this, supposedly this, like, okay, there was systemic, systematic, whatever, racism in this country. It is a blight on our history. It's part of our, it's part of our past. Yeah, no doubt. These days, so Barack Obama gave a speech Uh-oh. at Howard University. We're going to get some hate, hate to, mail. I, well, hey, go so, ahead. Go for go, it. But he gave Let's a speech, Howard, to the graduating class. What did he say? Did he say, man, I tell you what. You should have been born in a different country in a different era because since you're black and in America and graduating college right now, you guys, listen, you're oppressed by, um, you know, the systemic and systematic racism. No, that's not what he said. The man who was elected president of the United States twice, majority white country, majority white voters, you know, like, 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 okay, here we are. I voted for him once. He said, he said, there is no better country and no better time to be a black person or person of color graduating college because you live in the greatest country in history for a person of color to make it. He said that. I, I didn't see that. but He I believe- said that. You know, it's a, speech but it's is a public speech. It's true. In and my he opinion, believes it. And that's the thing. I wish he would say that all the time because yeah. he lived it. That's what he did. He believed. Yeah. And he went for it. And he achieved it. Why is it that other people... Why does he got to tell other people there it's stacked against him? He went and did it. Yeah. So he lives in a way and then he po- politicizes it in a different way. Why? Why? That's a Logic question that's emotion. Still, versus but emotion. Still, but still that's the part that gets to me is like all yeah. right. He like what is his what what is the motivation to somebody who has overcome everything they said that other people can't overcome? Made millions and become very successful in telling other people the system's stacked against you. You'll never make it. Like Oprah did this recently. And I'm like are you kidding me? You came from a really terrible place and you're worth like 2.6 billion and the world loves you. And they don't care that you're a black woman. They think you're awesome because you're super cool and yeah. you had a great talk show yeah. and you cared and you showed empathy and you did the best. You did amazing things. And you like, understood that there was people in less fortunate situations and you did what you could to help out too. I remember this because my mom used to watch Oprah all the time. Who didn't? I mean, I mean, my, I mean, should I say, you know, as a white male, like John was a big Oprah I fan. shouldn't, I shouldn't, have, but I honestly, I love the show. And of course, like there's the whole, you get a this and you yeah. get a that, like that whole joke. But honestly, her shows, she would interview people and she would get to the heart of the matter and she would mm-hmm. talk about real issues and she did it in an empathetic, sympathetic way. And it was just, it was, you could watch Oprah and out of five days of the week, you're going to cry three or four of those times. I don't care who you are. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that on this live, <laughs> but it's true. 
And that's why she made billions because the, everybody loved her. Yeah. Because she was real. Yeah. And why is she now telling people they can't do that? That's sick. That's the thing that really bothers me. And I, I don't know where that disconnect come from, yeah. comes from. That really troubles me. Yeah, but you I, know what? Right at some point, she's like, I believe in myself. I can do it. Tell people to believe in themselves and that they can do it and to go try their best and to take personal accountability for their success or And failures. if you want to, show them the way. Show them what you did, right? Give them the plan, which you do every single day in your business. Exactly. Well, that's a separate thing. But I know, that's but true. I'm, I'm that's just using idea. an analogy like, here. But it's, if we, when people find the way... If they come back, all right, I know some very, very motivational, beautiful people who are just ordinary Americans, but they're living like, like they're really going for it. There's this one particular guy. Okay. I was a district manager back in the day for T-Mobile and uh, I ran the South side of Chicago stores, not the, not the immediate South side, but just South of the South side. So I still had some, some uh, stores that were in kind of neighborhoods that were rough. Right. And this one guy had working for me, um, he would always say how he's going to be a millionaire. Yeah. Right. So here he is. He's a he's a sales associate in a cell phone store talking about how he's going to be a millionaire. But I knew like this is something different about this kid. Right. Like he 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 is so motivated and he is he takes feedback like a champ. Yeah. You know, you know the difference. Like when you sit down in a coaching session with somebody and they're taking feedback well versus somebody who's like, are we done yet? Can I go back? Like just sounds like you think I'm bad. And I need to get better. I'll do my best. And then you have somebody going, tell me more. What could I do yeah, better? Yeah, and yeah. then you see immediately they go out and they do the thing you told them to do. You're like, wow, this person. like, So he was like that. The dude is driving. A, he still works at T-Mobile. I don't know why, but he loves it. He's driving a Ferrari, right? Uh, his own. Yeah, yeah. Fully paid for. Yeah. He has a, a Maserati. Yeah. Fully paid for. His wife has some awesome sweet SUV. Fully paid for. He bought a house in a really nice suburb. Fully paid for. I think he's like 27. Baller. He, I, because why? Because yeah. he believed in himself. And, you know, he's always talking. Like, and here's the beautiful thing that I love that he does. He's like, guys, I've worked so hard to get there. And all along, I've been telling you what I do every day. I just go for it. I go for it every day. But I'm, I'm, I'm now the way I'm going to get really, really rich is by helping a bunch of you. Yeah. I'm going to show you what I did, tell you what I did. If you want to know how to do this, I'm, like, he holds public meetings. At libraries, at other places where he talks about what he did. This kid, I mean, honestly, there are people like this and they're beautiful and they're wonderful and they are the American dream. And he did this coming from the worst neighborhood on the south side of Chicago. The stuff that you hear like is basically worse than the Iraq war as far as how many people are getting shot and killed on a daily basis. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad. He came out of there. He's like, I'll never forget where I came from. He'll never go back, and he doesn't know why people stay there, but that's a whole other thing. The story is there are people in leadership that should be touting people like him and saying, believe in yourself and go for it. And like There are people who have paved the way, follow them, seek them out, read their stuff. Find them. Instead, they're like, no, you know, government's the answer. We're going to fix this. You're being oppressed. You're a victim. What is that crap? They don't live it. Why do they preach it? To stay in power. I, you know, there becomes there becomes very few options to why this stuff is makes any sense. Power is one of them. Yeah. So there's money. Yeah. Well, yeah, power, money, power. You know, Barack Obama, when he came into yeah. office, he was worth a few million. Yeah. Right. Hundred and thirty million. They just bought like a twelve million dollar house in yeah, the Hamptons. On, yeah, right. On, on the ocean. Yeah. Right. 
in a prime area that if the earth does warm and there is flooding, like that's an area that will get wiped out. <laughs> so there's like all these things. But anyway, um, yeah. good for him. Preach that. Don't preach the other thing. Yeah. Preach the hope, not the not the fear and doom and victimization crap. So I, I would say those people are the ones to say, man, it's lonely at the top, right? And then there's people on the flip side say it's only lonely at the top if you don't help other people get there. Yeah. Go back and help. Go back and help. Honestly, I find a lot more fulfillment uh, helping people mm-hmm. learn how to do the Facebook stuff that I do. Yeah. And not like out of 300 clients, I probably have maybe 20 that get it, do it, and like stick to it and are, are killing it, right? Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of people who came in. They tried it a little bit here and there and they're like, oh, this is hard or I'm not very good at it. They're still paying me monthly, but they're not getting the full value. Yeah. There's one guy, he's like, he went from doing, um, uh, nine million in total loans in 2017. In 2018, he did 9.3. In 2019, last year, he did 27 million. He tripled his business. He tripled his business. He hit that. 27 million in 2020. In April, he, in April, he had 27 million in production. So you know, assuming he's not, it's just assume, let's, let's assume it's just a low roll there, and then we'll wrap up the show. Just for anybody else that just. That, that isn't focused on in the loan officer real estate space. Let's just do with a bare minimum commission in 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 a ten ninety nine situation. What, what did he start at? Nine million in production, so, probably around a one percent. Yeah, uh, I was, that's the, the right? exact number I had in my head. Yep. So I was going to say about ninety thousand dollars. Yep, and he took it up to two hundred seventy thousand dollars in two years. Two, three years or how long? Within a year. No, because the two years I said, the nine and the 9.3, those are the two years before he started with me. Okay. He, st- he, he signed up with me in like December of 2018. Yeah. And he started in January of 2019 full force. Yeah. So by the end of 2019, he was at 27 million. 270,000, assuming he doesn't have any branch manager or any extra spiffs involved. So, uh, yeah. So he, he actually, he became the number one in units in his company in a year. I was third year in. He was the number one in total units. I believe it. It was unbelievable. Yeah. He showed, he sent me the email. He's like, John, I just want to thank you so much. I just got this recognition from my company and I can't even believe it. And I couldn't have done it without your course. And I was like, and he just went and got it. He got after it. But you know, then I've got, you know, I, I don't, not everybody does that. So he, there's something unique and special about him and the way he went after it and you know, the way he utilized it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, you know, hey, we're gonna have you back on the show. Uh, you know, I, I I love the fiery. We we haven't, we we never really talked politics before. We've yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. life. We've we talked, talked about life, family, family, business, business, philosophy. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, and so yeah. So dude, I, we didn't even get into worldviews, and I wanted to talk to you, like, because the government is supposed to be, act for the good of their people. Yeah. What is good? Yeah. What is good? Hey, well, better reason to have you back um, next week. Uh, on Detroit Uncensored, we'll have uh, oh, Livingston County Clerk candidate, uh, Democrat Jordan Genjo on the show, a uh, personal friend of mine. Londa will be back. Uh, we'll have Johnny back on the show. Thanks for coming in today. I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. It was a blast. Yeah, dude, I had a good time. Loved it. I loved it. Awesome. So we'll talk to you soon. All right. Wrap it up. See you.